there is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to Net Zero Carbon, the show here at Freight Waves, where we deep dive into decarbonization with a specific focus on freight fuels and energy. We explore technologies promising a cooler tomorrow and the people that are bringing these solutions to life today. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and right now I've got the pleasure of speaking with Matt Bird of InRange Technologies. Matt, welcome. Hey, Tyler, man. It's good to see you again. The pleasure is all mine. I'm honored to be here with you and look forward to a great conversation. This one's going to be really good. I love having conversations that are immediately actionable and educational, and I think the listeners are going to really like this. So why don't we jump in and have you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up at InVenture? Yeah, so um, kind of a long story. I'll, I'll save some of the details. It's usually been sales related and focused. Um, I came on board with InVenture about 10 years ago. Um, so InVenture is the parent company of, of InRange Technologies. At our core, we're a transportation technology company. Uh, we've introduced several engineered systems over the years, always in the transportation space. Um, you know, our, our kind of mantra as we go about what we look to in the future is we identify uh, a need in, in some market space. Um, we innovate a, a new way to do things and, and a new engineered system when we execute like crazy on bringing it to market. So we are not a startup. Um, you know, we've been doing this for over a decade now. Um, so that kind of led to InRange Technologies. Uh, I'll touch on that a little bit. So we started R&D about three years ago, really with a goal, Tyler, to create a superior performing trailer skirt and kind of a new approach to the way trailer skirts are, are, are implemented, installed, and, and ran. So um, we started R&D about two years ago. We were really fortunate to connect with a fleet here locally. I'm, I'm in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And we were really um, fortunate to connect with a local fleet who gave us access to some of their equipment. So we were over there uh, out in their yard installing skirt systems, going through a couple iterations of them. Uh, they were gracious enough to go out and run them, give us real world feedback. Uh, and then we've been on the road um, for about a year and a half now um, with our final version of the current skirt system that we're running. So uh, it started out as just, just looking for better fuel economy and a new way to do things in a, in a uh, kind of a market that seemed like it had gone somewhat stagnant. Um, and that kind of evolved on its own to where, uh, because of the material that we use for our skirt system, the, the, the main component is a PVC coated reinforced vinyl that we put under tension. So number one, it's super durable, uh, and, and it's very flexible, but because the nature of the materials, we can actually print directly on it. So we started kind of kicking that around and said, what do we have here? Uh, and so we've got some options to do customized graphics. Uh, and that actually evolved into um, offering that space as a mobile billboard to advertisers uh, to then run ad campaigns on the trailer skirts of the fleets that we're partnering with. So that really opened a new conversation. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but um, that really opened up a, a new conversation with the trucking fleets to say, hey, not only can we help you save money. Uh, on fuel um, by improving your fuel economy, but now we can also help you generate new revenue. Uh, and then the most latest addition to this 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 initiative has been uh, this partnership we have with a, a large global nonprofit. Um, they're doing work in, in multiple continents, but uh, essentially what we're doing there is a really neat uh, carbon offset initiative um, to where we're actually now offering advertisers and fleets uh, the ability to offset carbon emissions through a, a really cool program called FMNR, which is Farmer Managed Natural Regeneration. Oh my gosh, so much to click into here. I want to do each yeah, of right. those and give them each the appropriate amount of time. <clears throat> Let's start cool. by double clicking on just trailer skirts. Yes. For those listeners who are not familiar, can you explain exactly what it is, 
how they go yep. on and the benefits fleets get. And then also some of the challenges that you've seen in, in having that technology adopted. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So trailer skirts, most people have seen them, may not know what they're called, may not know exactly what they do. Uh, out on the highway, you're looking at your typical 53-foot trailer. These are the devices that mount to the underside of the sides of the trailer, right? So the whole the whole theory in this is as the as the tractor, the truck pulling the trailer drives down the highway, diverts the air around. That air typically wants to get underneath the trailer, swirl around, create drag, therefore making the engine of the tractor less fuel efficient, right? And, and, and making it work harder. So uh, the main focus on those is, is pushing them there to the back and helping the uh, helping that tractor become a little more fuel efficient. Um, you know, it's been interesting to watch the adoption of aero devices, um, especially things like trailer skirts. I think you've got your fleets out there that really buy in immediately. They trust the data. Uh, and then I think candidly on the other side, you've got a lot of fleets to say, you know what, I'm not sure if I believe that those actually do what they say they do. So, um, a lot of my approach, Tyler, in talking with fleets over the past couple of years has tried to be an educational approach. And, and you know, I'm going to say, hey, do you guys use skirts on your trailers? And, and they say, no, you know, we don't go to California, um, where most of us know that they're required by law. Right. So um, I'll say, well, where do you go? Right. And they may say if they're based on the East Coast, they may say, oh, we go to Texas or we go to Minnesota or Florida, whatever it might be. And then I'll kind of get into, well, well, how much time are you running out on the highway? What's your typical speed? Um, and then really start to use that to open the door to say, well, here is actually, you know, based on the miles you guys run, here's how much potential fuel you could be saving is really low hanging fruit. So, and, and skirts are just one of many uh, air devices that can be installed on both the trailer and the tractor these days. And I love seeing fleets that, uh, you know, take their typical fuel economy at, at six and a half miles per gallon with, with hardly not using anything and pushing that all the way up to 10, you know, when they're on board with, with using almost every air device they can get their hands on. Uh, you mentioned how they're installed. so. Most of the time, Tyler, as, as you're probably well, well aware, and most out there know, um, skirts usually come straight from the, from the OEM, right, from the trailer manufacturer. Um, usually there's, there's welding, drilling. Um, there's so many variations of skirt systems. It kind of depends across the board on how they get installed. Ours is a pretty unique approach in the fact that um, we use clamps on the cross members. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of cool because we can accommodate any trailer manufacturer of any age. Um, our, our system so customizable and just using what we have on the bottom of the cross members. So um, just nuts, bolts, um, washers, connections, cross clamps on the, on the cross members of the um, bottom of the trailer. And then we just tailor the length uh, to start at the landing gear and then um, stop. Wherever usually the furthest most position of the of their tandems in the rear would, would be. So that way, if they were in their forward most position, they wouldn't interfere with any type of skirt system. So, um, you know, I've always said that that skirts are um, some of the some of the easiest low hanging fruit. You know, when it comes to trying to improve your fuel economy in, in the trucking industry. Um, so just having those conversations, educating people. So we did some testing when we were when we were fish, when we were officially launching our skirt system. We worked with Missoula Valley uh, out in uh, Texas and the kind of uh, um, Albuquerque, um, El Paso area. We did we flew out there, did some testing. Uh, and our system um, proved to save eight gallons for every 1,000 miles driven, um, which was the highest we had seen of any skirt available out on the market. Um, I don't say that to be a self-promo for our skirt system, but I say that to hopefully educate folks when, you know, I think a lot of people, what's your, you know, what's your percentage improvement? I think when you start talking percentages, I start getting crossed, right? Because now you're trying to run numbers and it varies so much. But when you keep it as a standard, how many gallons per 1,000 miles are driven, that really simplifies the conversation. Uh, and really helps people start running some numbers quickly in their head. I'm like, wow, I, I didn't realize there was that much potential fuel savings just by adopting skirts. That's so exciting. And if you take that, what, 
$5 diesel historical, maybe something around that's but four cents a mile that somebody should be saving by just installing these. That's people fight over yeah. that kind of money in freight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and you don't realize it can be that significant until you start looking at the numbers, right? So if you, um, you know, if, if let's say your average trailer goes 33,000 miles per year, right? And that's, that's based on, you know, let's say a, a three to one, a four to one tractor to trailer ratio, your, your tractor's going, um, you know, let's call it 120,000 uh, miles per year. Yeah. You start running the numbers and you're exactly right. You come up with that four to five cents per mile savings. Um, you know, and, and 7%, six tenths of a gallon, however you want to look at it. Um, you're right. People fight over that. And, and, um, the reasons for non-adoption, um, you know, become pretty interesting when you really start having that conversation. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because of a maintenance manager, if you can get pennies per gallon, pennies per mile tacked onto your bottom line, they're going to get awarded <laughs> by corporate. But, but if you go say, Hey, four cents a mile, what, 120,000 miles a year, here's four to $5,000 back in your pocket. I'm sure the ROI on this is pretty quick too, right? Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's another important piece of the conversation is, is your ROI. And, you know, most aerodynamic skirt systems, you're looking at typically a 12 to 18 month ROI period, right? So potentially, depending on how many miles you run and your speeds, you're potentially paying those skirts off after one year, right? In the first 12 months. And that's even outside of, we can get into this a little bit, the, the kind of the ad revenue generation side, that's really kind of change that conversation a little bit. But yeah, I don't know of many other any other things you can implement right now that are easy to execute. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't get a whole lot of downtime to where within a year you've paid it off and then it's just all icing on the cake from from there moving forward. Totally agree with you. And we spend a lot of time on this show talking about future French technologies, things that we want to scale faster, changing propulsion systems, changing fuels. We know that's systems approach, not necessarily action that we can take today, making small iterative changes that can add up to big impact. So I love hearing the focus and approach. And I applaud the fleets that do those because if you're a fleet and you're not trying to get over 10 miles per gallon, you guys are not trying hard enough because there are tools out there available today beyond trailer skirts and others that can help reduce drag, improve aerodynamics, improve driving behavior. It should be a very high focus for everybody just from a bottom line perspective, let alone a sustainability perspective. But let's Let's double click on that second piece you just mentioned a little bit. So how did you guys um, start thinking about offering the revenue generation opportunities for fleets when you have, I'm sure it came out of the design and the materials you guys are using, just understanding you can print on there, but that's a, that's a pretty markedly different business model shift. So how do you, how do you even start? Yeah, great question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're out on the highway, right? And everybody's kind of looking for the next, um, you know, opportunity to monetize something that's out there on a pretty large scale. Um, so we looked at the material we were using and, and this wasn't a part of the conversation when we initially picked our materials, right? We said, we want to, we want to use really durable, easy to install materials. And out of that came this PVC coated reinforced vinyl that I mentioned we, we put under tension. We've got a winch mount and we ended up uh, kind of winching it down, but, um, Come to find out that, the, you know, very similar to the material we're using is actually the same material they use for billboards that you see it on the highway, right? They stretch it and they wrap it around um, the billboard space that you see up on top of the poles. So um, kind of got us thinking and the initial part of the conversation was, hey, could we do custom graphics for fleets, right? So, um, you know, especially, you know, what was it, a year and a half or so ago when everybody was, the, the trucking industry was dying for drivers, right? And, and to say, hey, what if we could offer custom messaging for a, a fleet to say, hey, we're hiring drivers. Here's what differentiate us, whether it's we're home on weekends or whatever they wanted to pay per mile, something to let other drivers know out there on the road. Um, hey, here's what we're offering. Here's why we're different. So, And then that really just started snowballing to say, well, hey, what if we could actually offer this to any brand or company 
nationwide that wants to get their advertising message out there on a really broad uh, appeal. And it's right down that level, right? So that was one of the really attractive things was um, as people are getting out and about more, watching TV less, how can we, how can we get out there where people are? And, and you've got this trailer skirt that as you're a passing vehicle, right, is right down an eye level. You can't turn it off. You can't miss it. But what a way, what, what really kind of seal it for us was, you know, what a way to now offer these fleets additional revenue. Um, cause as, as margins are getting tighter, um, right. They're, they're struggling with drivers, et cetera. They can now actually use this space that they've traditionally been running, especially the fleets that have adopted them. And, and as long as they're okay with putting someone else's third-party messaging on their trailer. And, and there's a whole nother conversation we can have on that. But um, now we're actually, you know, because when you reach out to people and, and as busy as everyone is now, they want to know either how are you going to make me money or how are you going to save me money, right? And, and we found this potential avenue to help fleets do both. So become more fuel efficient, but also now um, generating each revenue per trailer. And if you've got, you know, let's say a thousand plus trailers in your fleet, right? And each, each trailer could be generating up to a thousand dollars per year, Right, you're talking significant money that you're potentially bringing in just by adopting something you've traditionally already been using to save money on fuel, and now you're now you're um, generating new revenue with that. So once we started kind of kicking it out there, we started we started engaging folks to say, "Hey, is there an interest in this?" Um, then kind of came the chicken and the egg: Do we need the trucking fleets to say yes first um, to being willing to run the advertisements, or do we need the advertising campaigns to then go offer to the trucking fleets? And it turned out we needed the trucking inventory. But to those fleets in the past that traditionally have been slow or resistant to use an aero device like a trailer skirt because they didn't necessarily believe that the technology did what, what all the testing says it does. Now you say, hey, I actually want to pay you uh, to run these things. Now some, 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 some ears are now you know, perking up saying, I'm listening. Uh, you know, so I might be a little more because they can actually tangibly see the money they're generating back from running those advertising campaigns on their trailer skirt. So instead of them just believing that they're getting that ROI, I'm actually walking back into their office a year later, handing them a check, right? And they can actually see that check and, and deposit in their in their account. So um, it kind of changes the conversation on, and, and it's been cool to see more fleets adopt air devices and, 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 and get on board with things like trailer skirts because it's now generating additional revenue outside of the fuel savings. Super interesting. And obviously a great opportunity for those fleets that have, you know, thoughtful marketers sitting in their walls to be able to really, really improve brand equity to increase driver retention and um, acquisition and to think about how you're positioning yourself, not only among your peers, but in the broader public as somebody who is a quality operator that's safe, that's dependable. And if you're aligning yourself with the right brands, I don't see how that's a failure to make a win. So we're cutting costs, we're adding revenue. Let's talk about this third leg of the stool, which is the sustainability piece, right? So when we're saving costs, we're removing diesel from our system, which automatically equates to carbon. You and I were talking before, we think that math uh, you know, if it's 22 grams or 22 pounds of CO2 per gallon of diesel and you're running, let's just do the quick math here while we're on, while we're on the call, 120,000 miles a year, seven miles a gallon, 17,000-ish gallons of diesel. Um, we're going to save, what was the percentage you guys threw out? So, yeah, I mean, fuel economy, you're 7% improvement, um, you know, by eight per thousand. That's right. Eight, yeah. eight gallons per thousand miles driven. Kind of run, I've run that math before I come up with about 200 
uh, tons of carbon emissions each year. That's exactly what I just got. Per tractor. Like 195. Right. Like, yeah. Per tractor. That's huge. Right. That's huge. And it's such an easy solution to scale up. So I I hope if anyone's listening, you call and reach out to Matt. So this, you didn't want it to be, but I'm turning into a sex. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Well, and that's the thing you mentioned it, Tyler, before we, before we jump into the third <laughs> item. Uh, you know, I think when, when you've got big brands and companies that a lot of these fleets are already working with, right, they already have a relationship, they're already partners. If there's a way to then have that advertiser, you know, that brand that they're already hauling for turn around and then kick some money back towards them. What a win-win, right? So absolutely, the company gets branding. Well, the third win, when we look in the yeah. sustainable supply chain, right, we talk about triple bottom line. So let's talk about the people aspect of this. So tell me a little bit about y'all's partnership with World Vision and how oh, that man. plays into this yeah. business model. You're going to have to forgive the smile on my face. Um, I might not be able to wipe it off because when we start talking about this, I get super fired up and excited because I think it's so cool. Um, and it's been fun for me to be able to latch into this and sink my teeth in of something that that um, you know, wasn't a part of this equation to begin with and has really evolved and, and I think has really become the forefront talking point in a lot of conversations these days because that's where the story is, right? And that's where people are emotionally connected and, and sustainability is such a hot topic these days. And uh, of course, you got greenwashing and, and, and folks that are making all these claims and everybody has such big goals by 2030, by 2040, right? And, and from my standpoint, it seems... Things like EVs, alternative fuels, they are definitely in the way of the future. But I think, and you can certainly piggyback on this or chime in as, as you see fit, I think they've been much slower to adopt than a lot of people hoped. And there don't seem to be a whole lot of stopgap measures available now to make a real difference and start offsetting some carbon emissions. And it's such a crowded space. Um, there's so many potential solutions out there. Um, but I think one of the biggest differences about this, and, and I think people in the, in the transportation industry hear carbon offsets. Uh, and carbon credits, and they think they're making some farmer in Georgia rich, right? This is not that. This is a complete, completely opposite uh, side of that story. So you mentioned World Vision, um, you know, like I said, big global nonprofit doing work in multiple continents. So we specifically formed a partnership with World Vision in Zambia, Africa. So Zambia is down in the southern portion of Africa. In Zambia, um, it, throughout all the countries in the world, they are, they are experiencing deforestation um, by one of the, the highest rates throughout the whole world. I think they're losing somewhere six to 700,000 acres per year, right? So, um, you know, in this, in this, um, this, this deforestation, this land degradation, you know, is a byproduct of, unfortunately, what, what a lot of, you know, you got your, your, your kind of your um, developed nations of the world, right? Your, your United States, your China, your India's. They are the the world's largest producers of carbon emissions, but it's these it's these developing communities like Zambia, Africa, that suffer the consequences the most and feel the impact of climate change. Right. So, FMNR it's been a farmer managed natural regeneration. Right. It's been around from what I understand since the early '80s, um, but I think it's really starting to gain traction lately, especially as um, things like the Zambian government realize what they potentially have in selling carbon credits. Um, but essentially it's our, the way FMNR works and, and you can do such a deep dive. You could go down a rabbit hole on YouTube. Um, if you go watch, you, you know, jump on there, start, start searching videos. Um, and maybe we can link a couple just to kind of give a broad overview of, of what this involves. But essentially, you know, as land degradation happens, um, communities are coming in, cutting down trees, whether it be for firewood, whether it be for housing, et cetera, they knock down these trees. Um, and, and then you've got this barren landscape, right. Of where you've got dust storms and wind kicking up and you can't have livestock because you don't have any trees. There's such a big impact that happens. So what I think is really cool and what really kind of had me start leaning in was looking into the research that they cut these trees down, but underneath these, what were once mature trees, is this still a, a, a diverse, um, mature forest underneath the ground, 
right? And essentially what happens is we must know you cut a tree down, right? Leave it be, it starts to grow new shoots, right? Well, most people would come back behind, knock those shoots off, maybe use them for firewood and never give that tree an opportunity to reestablish itself. So what they've done, what FMNR focuses on, it's a selective pruning process. So as, as this tree stump starts to grow new sprouts, um, you know, they selectively prune most of the, of the new shoots off, leaving five or so um, existing shoots that will then start to grow upward and, and blossom into new forests over time if you just give it time to do its thing. And, and the really cool thing is, is you watch these videos, you see um, what a big impact it has on the communities um, that are some of the, the, the poorest underdeveloped communities of the world. You're empowering them to now um, have livestock, um, ecotourism, where they can start having things like bees for honey production, right? It just changes their entire community just by the regrowth of these forests. So um, it's been really cool to see this partnership come to life and be able to offer this in such a cool, uh, supportive way and really making a difference to these communities over in Zambia. That's so encouraging. And I've enjoyed just doing my own research on this since you and I have talked before and started looking into FMNR. And I've been in around the carbon offset space for a while. I know a lot about the greenwashing that happens in this space. And I would tell people this is not one of those cases. If you care about climate environmental justice, this is an area where you should really dig in and dig deep because we do need to funnel finance to the places that need it the most, the places that are underserved and experience some of the worst changes from the climate change that's happening, worst impacts of the changes of climate, I would encourage people to, to dig in here. Do not throw out the baby with the bathwater and assume that we can't simultaneously develop in parallel both new transformational technologies that are going to reduce emissions and simultaneously continue to support those areas of our economy that need it and the people of our economies that need it. So super cool and love that you guys are including that. Maybe take, as we wrap up here, take just a minute and describe how that plays into the business model. Is that something you guys are offering to customers, advertisers? Is that, um, you know, how does that play within Enrange's model? And then we'll wrap up after that. Yeah, great question. So um, I think it's, it's helpful to know exactly how World Vision AMA goes about inventorying, um, you know, what they're doing and, and, and going to do their inventory count. So um, they work with the Zambian forestry department, you know, they go out annually. Um, they actually by hand count the trees, right? So um, I think in 2022, they hand counted a little over 2.1 million trees that were five centimeters and, and wider in diameter. Um, and I think there was some 5 million plus saplings um, as part of this 1200 hectares and, and hectares that 1200 hectares is almost 3000 acres, right? I think it's about two and a half acres per every one hectare. And that's how they um, approach things over there. Um, but essentially they go out and then they calculate how much carbon. So um, I think back in 2022, when they did their inventory report earlier this year, um, they calculated they, they were storing about 96,000 tons of carbon, um, which was about a 16,000 ton increase from when they did the same inventory report in 2021. So uh, all that to say, to answer your question, Tyler, is, yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's really making a difference, especially with the numbers we were talking about earlier with you know 22.45 pounds per carbon emitted for every one gallon of diesel um, you, you know, used in, in each truck, right? So that adds up really quickly, but what a potential difference this is making and, and it's so scalable. So I think over the next 12 years or so, we've got opportunity with this partnership to offset uh, about 150,000 tons of CO2. So back to your question, the way we fit this into our business model is that um, from an advertising standpoint, so any brand out there that, that runs an advertising campaign that goes on our trailer skirts, um, what we're doing is then we're taking some of that advertising revenue 
uh, we are supporting World Vision Zambia with that in these farming communities um, so they can actually implement the FMNR techniques. And then we're offsetting 100% of the carbon emissions from that tractor trailer. So you've got a brand being able to say, here's what we're doing with our ad dollars. We're shifting it from a traditional billboard to now we're using this mobile billboard application, but we're giving back. We're, we know we're making a, a carbon footprint in our advertising, but we're actually offsetting 100% of those carbon emissions. Now the fleet on the flip side has a chance to say, hey, any of our tractor trailers that are running one of these trailer skirts with an advertising campaign is now 100% carbon neutral, right? We're offsetting whatever we're not reducing from the implementation of the air device. Uh, we're actually offsetting with this FMNR initiative with World Vision Zambia. So that's kind of the, the, the big tie together puzzle pieces. We're trying to pull all these different parts in, but a way to say, hey, here's a way to do sustainable outdoor advertising to where the advertiser wins. They get positive brand recognition with what they're doing with their, their advertising dollars. The fleet is saying, hey, we know we're the biggest producers of carbon emissions, some of, um, you know, of, of in the world. Here's what we're doing to try and help reduce our carbon footprint. So we hope there's a win-win there. So the fleet is generating revenue outside of that. So. Alternatively, and there could be a couple ways to approach this conversation. And some may say, Matt, I don't want to advertise for a third party. What opportunity do I have to potentially, you know, do custom branding? Like Walmart, for example, right? They use their trailer skirts uh, to promote their hiring drivers, right? Um, if any other fleet out there wanted to do something similar, just totally customized to their fleet, um, there's also a, a portion of it where we can explore also incorporating those carbon offsets uh, together too. Um, so there's a couple different ways to tackle this, but our main goal is, is we want to really support World Vision and, and, and keep that revenue flowing to them so they can continue their FMNR. Uh, we're all in with them, right? So um, I think that's that's going to become our, our bigger focus is, is how can we continue to generate revenue here so then we can help support them. And and, and I'm not naive to the fact that, um, you know, number one, we're not the first to do advertising on trailer skirts. People have done it before. Um, but this isn't a wrap. This isn't putting a vinyl decal. Um, it's complete customized printing on it. So it really simplifies the solution. Um, but I'm also not naive to the fact that a lot of this good that's being done is in a completely different uh, continent, excuse me. Right. So, um, it's not our backyard. Um, so for the emotional tie there, it's a little bit different. And then that's what for me personally, and it sounds like potentially you too, Tyler was looking at these videos, really understanding what goes into it. And then there's your emotional connection, right? So, um, but I would say, you know, the average American has no idea what FMNR is. And I admittedly did not before we kind of started looking into this partnership. So I hope that answers your question. It does. Thank you for sharing that. And it, to me, it's supporting the thesis of this show is we want to continue to educate ourselves to the realities of the situation, right? We don't want to fall into this habit of overlooking what's staring us in the face and also just going about our business as if we don't care. So if we can incorporate these things into our daily business practices, we can truly make sustainable differences, both in our own economies and our own ecosystem. Systems, as well as those across the world, because this is not a uh, merely a local solution or a local problem. It's a global problem, and it'll have different impacts based on where you are. So I appreciate you sharing that. I look forward to driving down the highway and seeing a QR nice. code on the side of a trailer that I can learn more about that yeah. one day. And you and I can download and figure out how we market that after that's this right. call. But um, yeah, that's right. just congrats to you and the team Thanks, on Tyler. something that's really innovative, yeah. that's really powerful, yeah. that I think people should pay attention to and should not just write off sustainability as or ESG in general as something that's too complex, too complicated, because there are tools and solutions and people out there today to help you make small incremental changes that do have an impact. So thank you for what you guys are doing. And I hope uh, I hope we can catch up sometime later this year, early next year, and just hear about you know how much more impact you guys have been able to have. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. 
these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.